Father, I thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that you are using me as an instrument today to communicate what is on your heart for your people. Father, I stand here in humility and in submission to you. I thank you that you will use the words that come out of my mouth as good seed on good ground. I thank you, Father, that I'm speaking to intelligent people. I'm speaking to people who love you and who want to hear your word and are leaning into your word today. And Father, I thank you that lives are being transformed. It has already begun today. It's not just because of a message, but it's because of your love for them and your presence in this room, God. Father, we honor you. We honor you for giving us your best. As his name is Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that you gave us your best. So Holy Spirit. And so today we honor you with our attention. We honor you with our, with our understanding. We thank you that our lives are being changed every day. We thank you, Father, that people are being healed as we speak. The chains are falling off. That debt is being paid off. That doctor's reports are being reversed. Thank you that marriages are being restored. Families are being restored. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that. Thank you because in your presence there is fullness of joy. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So the series that we're going to start from today is called Gifted. Say gifted. Every person that is living today is gifted. Every person. It's not, not just Christians. Everyone is gifted. Say gifted. Every person, just imagine this now. Not just the kingdom of God. Every person on the planet, whether they believe it or not, carries within themselves gifts. Some call it talents. Some call it expressions. But I want to call it abilities. We're going to start this message and we're going to go deep. Okay, straight away. Because you're an intelligent church. Right? So, but today's message is a foundation of what we're going to do over the next till Jesus comes weeks. Okay, <laughs> till he says stop, enough, enough, enough of the gifts. Okay, then I'll stop. But till then, he's going to give us enough content to really go deep in this subject. Okay? But I'm not talking about just the gifts that you think I'm talking about. Okay? It's, it's something completely, I'm just setting you up for it. So, everybody on the planet is gifted. Even my dog is gifted. Very gifted. He knows exactly how to bark when he's hungry. It's a gift. I don't know. I didn't train him. Just naturally in him. All of creation is gifted. Has an ability. Do you have an ability? Very good. Every person on the planet is gifted. These abilities, there are certain people who have understood that they're gifted 
And these people have decided to wrap their life around. Now I'm talking about people in general. They've decided to wrap their life around and hone these gifts. And when they hone these gifts, they get so good at the expression, at this ability, that they stand out from everybody else. And all of us celebrate them. Not realizing, all the same. We are all the same. For example, I, I, some of you may not know who this person is. Some of you may be like, dude, this is like really old. Uh, it's like Beyonce. I guess one person, yeah. Some people are like, what? Is this like? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not talking about her church background, and I'm not saying whether she's saved or not. That's, just get that religious stuff out of your head. Look, if you look at Beyonce, don't look at her, just listen to her. <laughs> what is Beyonce's gift? It's a vocal range. It's a gift. She's, she's taken from a young age. People have spoken into that gift in her life. They've encouraged her to, to hone that gift, to, to get that craft going. And she's, she really stands apart. I mean, the only person that I know who could sing better than Beyonce is my wife. Seriously. <laughs> when she doesn't agree with me, she says, to the left, to the left. <laughs> Put a ring on it. Anyway, anyway. For those of you, no, yeah. So let's stick to Beyonce. Right. So Beyonce now, because of her gift and what she's done to to get the best out of this gift, she has figured out how to express herself through her gift. And people have placed such a high value on that gift. Not her, just a gift. To the point where now they begin to sow into her life. How? You go buy her CDs. You value the gift on a person's life by going and sowing into that gift. You buy the gift. You buy tickets for a concert. But it's not because you want to see a show. It's because something about that gift mesmerizes you. It causes you to come into a place that even I can do that. It's that feeling momentarily when you go to a Coldplay concert and you listen to Coldplay playing that music. And if you're a musician, it feels like you're on stage singing and playing that music. But what if I told you that all of us can actually do that if we give those gifts time and, and energy and effort to develop ourselves to do those things. Everybody has, is gifted. You're feeling awesome, aren't you? Because you're awesome. That's why. You are awesome. But the gift I'm talking about today is a little different. <laughs> I know, I knew. This is a setup. So. The gift I'm talking about today is doesn't just make you different. It makes you unique. It's an ability that not many people have. You're gifted. When you're in the kingdom of God, when you say gifted, it's completely different to what, when you talk about Beyonce and Coldplay and... Give me some other names. Hmm? Michael Jackson's not alive. So his gift is gone. Celine Dion. Yep, yeah. 
Celine Dion. Man, if, you, if, if Beyonce can sing like Celine Dion, I'll buy her music. Seriously. Celine Dion? My gosh. I feel Jesus when she sings. If you understand that all these people who have these gifts, normal people, they're just normal people. We celebrate their gifting as if they are extraordinary people. In the kingdom of God, when God brings you out of normal life into supernatural life, into the kingdom of God, he takes you from being a normal gifted person to being a very unique, uniquely gifted person. Do you understand? Something shifts in you. I'll give an example that you understand. Doctors and medicine have tried to cure diseases for many years, many years, since science has begun. They've tried and tried and tried, and medicine has always fallen short. <laughs> medicine just puts your body on pause while your body heals itself to the greatest of medicine that there exists. And I'm not saying that that doctors are not gifted. My gosh, doctors are gifted. Science is a gift from God. I'm not saying that, that, that there's anything wrong with it. It's phenomenal. I use Panadol if prayer doesn't work. <laughs> Sometimes super spirituality can really hurt. If you're, if you're praying for a headache and it doesn't go, humble yourself and take a Panadol. It really works. <laughs> right. So, I think I'm setting people free already. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> so, doctors now who are so phenomenal at diagnosing what the problem is, they can try the level best but cannot heal you. But then you can come into the kingdom of God and a five-year-old child who believes scripture can believe that Jesus paid the price 2,000 years ago, and if a believer lays hand on the sick, they will recover, can actually do better than what a doctor does. There's something different about you being gifted in the kingdom of God. You, a five-year-old child can do way better than a 50, 60, 70-year-old guy having 40 years of experience cannot really heal anybody. A five-year-old child in our church can do way better. What's the difference? It's just that one's gifted and is normal. The other one is gifted with an ability, listen to me very carefully now, with an ability that is God-like. I'm not saying you are God. I'm saying you are like him. See, the, 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 the thing about the kingdom of God, and I'm not talking about the man in front, please, just, this, is not, this is not our church, that we just celebrate, oh, you know, the man in front has the power. No, no, no. People sitting next to five-year-old kids in our kids' church walk around the church praying for people and healing the sick. You must understand what is happening. God rescues you out of darkness and he brings you into, into light and he shares with you 
his abilities. Come on, man. He shares with you his abilities that make him super, super charged. If you believe, if you only believe, other people believe in their gifting. We believe in God. We believe in Jesus. So, but every time you believe in Jesus, he gives you his gifts. He gives you his abilities, which means now you can walk, talk, function the way God functions. I don't know, maybe it's, I went too deep too quickly. Might be shocking for a few folk who are religious. How can you say that? I can. Because I'm gifted. No, you must understand. You must understand what's happening. You can look at music. A musician can come and play music in the church, in the world, and you'd enjoy the music. Come on, man. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves when Coldplay plays. I mean, I'm, I'm the one jumping up in front. But there's something that happens when a musician plays in church. It's like as if God begins to release sound and release healing. He begins to release transformation takes place in a person's body when a Christian, a born again child of God begins to play as God would play. Come on now. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm gifted. Ask your neighbor, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> Moses, in the book of Exodus, um, God says, Moses, uh, I want you to go over there. Uh, Moses says, who will you send with me? Watch now, very carefully. God said, okay, I'll send an angel now. He'll go with you. Most people would be like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, send an angel. Thank you. Wow, angel, what's your name? <laughs> Moses is like, nah. How, listen to me, how would they know that we are special? How would they know? How would normal people know that you're special? Which means, when you are in the kingdom of God, you go from just being normal Christian, normal person, to a normal Christian. And when you start believing that you're gifted, you, start, you, you enter into what I call the supernatural. So I'm kind of tricking you now into the supernatural. This series is all about the supernatural. Right? But I want to place it to you in such a way that you don't get spooked out by it because that's what happens. People are like, oh, supernatural. Ooh. They start shaking, rattling, rolling, all of that. No, no. Just You must understand that it is normal for you to be. It's natural to be supernatural. For us, it is like a five-year-old child will just believe and lay hands on the sick. A doctor will be like, how did you do that? For us, it's like, it's normal. This is life. 
We're not surprised by miracle signs and wonders. It is normal. Normal. It's just normal for cancer to be healed. When, when we say this is a cancer-free zone, you should be jumping up and down and bringing all the cancer patients. Come on, man. Do you need proof in order for God to move? Do you need proof in order for God to move through your life? You don't need five, six cancer testimonies in two months to be able to say, okay, I need to bring my friend, man. He's a cancer lawyer. Bring him to the church. No, just bring them. Empty the hospitals. If Christians truly believe that they're gifted with the abilities of God, we would not need hospitals. (laughs) Think about it. You'd be like, well, what about my shot from the doctor for allergies? Just wait now, wait, just wait. Pastor, what about diabetes? It's such a big disease in the world. Should I give you the stats? The problem is those stats exist because Christians did not move. So how does a person go from being a natural person to being supernatural? Scientists, this is, this, I've, I've, I'm just remembering this now, but I, was, I love quantum physics, and it's one of my sort of things that I love to do on the side. I love it. It's my favorite thing to do. I love physics. Don't ask me to study it. I just love it, okay? I, I, I ain't no bookworm. So I was watching this documentary on, on time, space, uh, and light, sound, all that kind of stuff. That stuff intrigues me. It's a control issue. (laughs) It's not an issue, but I I like to be in control of environments, atmospheres. How can I bend reality? All of that stuff. I I like that. That's something that I personally enjoy doing. Did you get it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So so I was watching this documentary many years ago, many years ago. And I was watching this documentary, and the scientist was, was talking about breaking the speed of light. And he said, if a person would stand on a, on a racing track and the racing track was round, like in a circle, and they put a red car at the start, and the car, the fastest car in the world, and that car would go around the track the first time, to a normal human being, you'll be able to see the car going around the track, and you'll be able to hear the sound as you're seeing it. But they said, as you increase the speed of the car to the point where the car is breaking the speed of light, the car is on the track, but you won't be able to see it. You'll be able to hear it, but you won't be able to see it. And so, bringing scripture in, Jesus says, no one knows where the spirit is going, but you can hear him. Why? Listen, wait for me now. Wait for, wait for it. Why can you not see him? It's because he is, he is so powerful. He is so mighty. He is so amazing that he causes reality, what is normal for us, he causes reality to bend. He twists it. 
He is so out of reality that he he's so fast that you can't see him. He's so fast you can hear his voice but you can't see him. Heaven is like that. Heaven is on a different dimension where the frequencies are so high they're so different that you can't hear them you can't see them but they exist. The supernatural realm is around us it is all over the place but they are so fast they're on such another dimension that you can't see it. It just because you can't see it does not mean it isn't there. And Jesus is saying to Thomas he's saying Thomas blessed are those who do not see but yet believe yes. he's so fast are you okay can i push you a little bit further one day i was in at home uh, and kelsey was on a flight at that time she was flying she wasn't like taking a flight but she was flying for Cap- uh, Emirates at that time and and I was at home and I was in worship that's cuz that's what we do cuz you know I miss my wife so my closest thing is god so so I'm worshiping god and and now the, the I switch the lights off and I can't sleep and I just feel like oh god I just want to be with you I just want to be in your presence and and I just felt like I was worshiping with the lights off I was worshiping and suddenly the atmosphere in the room shifted i felt like i wasn't alone how many of you felt like that i'm not talking about god stuff it's the reason why you don't go into the room when it's dark you're like where's the light put the light put the light up put the light up because you feel like somebody's in the room somebody is in the room <laughs> See the problem is the problem is you are so natural. You've allowed fear to make you fleshy that you can't encounter God standing in the room waiting for you. It's spooky, but trust me. It's spooky because somebody told you it's spooky. But if you what if you had no fear? And you knew Jesus was standing in the room waiting for you. Why wouldn't you walk in? Don't matter whether there's any light or not. No sound, no instrumental worship music happening in the background. Nobody preaching, nobody reading the Bible. Jesus! Yeah. I'm here for you. Yeah. Why can't we come into that place? So anyway, so I'm worshiping. And in those days I was afraid of the dark. So <laughs> Yes, I know, I know. I know. I was a married man afraid of the dark. Yes, yes, it happens. It happens, it happens. But it was a lie I believed from the time I was a child. and it was in my subconscious and it would control me when i was alone anyway you're all going to the same thing don't laugh at me i'm free are you yeah. ah, good so if you're not then today is your day to get free anyway so while i was in this worship, in in this moment of worship the room it literally shifted i started sensing things in the room that that normally it would not i would not feel And so out so I was like okay now I want to see what is happening here now I'm like curious so I'm looking into the dark I had a little passageway in my in the bedroom I'm looking into the dark and suddenly from the dark I could see a this it's not a man but a silhouette of a man but it was it was not just like 
like what the Jesus movies show you. It was like, it was a silhouette, but it was made of, of go, like rainbow colored dust. And it was living, it was like active, it was moving in and around. And as he came closer, the, 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 the silhouette began to fill and I began to see him. You must understand what happened. I went from natural to supernatural within minutes. Not because I'm, a, I'm gifted. Not because, oh, God called me into ministry. No, I just love him. I, just des- I was desiring him. I was hungry for more of him. And he came to visit me. So that moment, this, I'm looking at the silhouette. And now as he comes closer, I can see the carpet. His, everywhere where his foot stepped on, I could see the carpet becoming shh, shh, like that. And he comes and he stops in front of me. And he's talking to me with his mouth closed. Come on, man. I'm, I'm trying to get, uh, get you to understand the supernatural nature of God. He's talking to me. I can hear his voice. But his mouth's not moving. Can you hear? Hmm? Can't, no? Same frequency. Not on the same frequency. Do you understand? See, for us, the frequency is only if I open my mouth, will I be able to, will you be able to hear me? But in heaven, they don't have to open their mouth. You know why? Because the, 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 the speed of the thoughts in their mind, it is so fast that they don't even need to speak. Come on, man. You need to understand the supernatural nature of God. He doesn't need to open his mouth. His thoughts, the sound of his thoughts travel faster than the words that come out of his mouth. And so when he speaks now, you must understand his nature. I don't even need to respond to him. Yes, Jesus. No, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I don't have to say anything to him. He has a conversation with my mind. Oh, come on. I have no control. The supernatural nature of God is such that he can talk to, my, to the thoughts in my mind and he can have a conversation with me even without me opening my mouth. God is not limited to natural people. By your half claps, I know I freaked you out. It's okay, it's okay. You're in the right church. Trust me. God brought you here because he wants to tell you something today. He wants to teach you something today. His abilities are so beyond the natural. He is outside of time. He looks at time from beginning to end and he enters in and leaves whenever he wants to. And you have no control over him. Coming to my point. The same abilities... Is what he wants to share with you. Are you clapping for him or are you clapping for yourself? I don't know. I think I should be clapping for him and myself. (laughs) He chose you even before time began. How did he choose you? Even before time began, before all of creation, he picked you for this moment to hear this very message. He doesn't need a man with a mic. He just needs hunger. 
He needs you to understand that God is limitless. We celebrate, wow, Jesus walked through the wall, brother, and he came into the disciples. What if I told you that he wants to share that with you? Okay, let me, let me prove it to you in scripture, right? You're freaked out? No, it's good, very good, very good. I, was, I just wanted to do this to you today. Because it's good, you know, we come to church, it's like... I know, we're in a church that constantly is progressing, so every week is challenging. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's good, it's good, it's really good. I would not want to be in a church that does not challenge me. I'm, I'm done with those kind of stuff. Do you understand? But I'm not challenging you. Your natural ability is getting challenged because I'm calling out the supernatural ability in you. I'm calling out the supernatural ability to understand God's word and apply it in your life. It's possible. How do I know that? Because Jesus only saw what the father was doing. He only said what he saw, what he heard the father doing. He only did what he saw the father doing. It was constant. He was in constant connection with his father upstairs. To, to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. I haven't started my scripture yet. Slow down. Okay, slow down. To Nicodemus. <laughs> in John chapter 3. Jesus says, are you okay? Yeah. To Nicodemus. In John chapter 3. Jesus says this. He says, no one, no one, up until him, no one has gone to the father. Except he who has come down from the Father. What's he trying to say? He's saying, I am with the Father and I am here at the same time. See, it's a good Christian thing. Oh, on earth as it is in heaven. On earth. No, we, we've separated it. What if you're all in heaven and on earth at the same time? I have a scripture verse for it. You are in Christ, seated in heavenly places. So, so without your permission, he's already made you a supernatural being. Without your permission, you don't need it. You may be Anglican, Presbyterian, Baptist, Catholic, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist. Doesn't matter. See, Kelsey made a statement earlier on. Maybe you didn't catch it. We're a church that does not believe in conversion. Jesus never came to convert anybody. Because if he can convert you, you can convert back to what you were. Do you understand? But Jesus came to bring transformation. So transformation happens through the renewing of your mind. So, so what, what am I talking about? Do I not believe that people can get saved? Yes, people get saved. People get saved by choosing to believe Jesus. John, chap you know, uh, John chapter 3 and verse 16, the church has heralded this, but they don't believe it. Most of them. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever will not perish but have. He didn't say those who get converted. Those who believe. Those who believe. So you're safe in this church. It doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter what color. It doesn't matter what creed, what church, background, doesn't matter. We're here because of one thing. His name is Jesus. Okay? So, so for a person to receive these special abilities, you need 
should be rescued by Jesus. He needs to bring you out of darkness into light. That happens when you start believing Jesus. When you start believing Jesus, he begins to transform you. How many of you could say that you truly believe that you're a supernatural being? Yeah, honestly, honestly, yeah. Some of you are like, it's fine, it's fine. Hopefully in this series you'll, you'll understand why it's important for you to be a supernatural being. Go with me to, John chapter, uh, to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Are you there? Awesome. Now we'll, we'll, we'll go fast, okay? Yeah. Super fast. Say supercharged. Yeah. You sure? Yeah. You're supercharged. Yeah. Just put your hand in, in the air like that. Bring it down. It's good. <laughs> Are you in Luke chapter 11? <laughs> Now it came to pass when he was praying in a certain place when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray. He didn't say if you pray. He says when you pray, which means he's speaking to an intelligent church. He says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. <laughs> your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. As we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. We, we, we've said this prayer like. Probably a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand times. I don't know. Said it too many times. But I want to bring something of the supernatural to you today. Jesus, when the disciples see Jesus praying, they're saying, teach us also how to communicate with him, no? We don't know how to talk to him. So he says, okay, when you pray, say, our father, who is in? Hallowed be your name. And then he says, it's instant. He says, your kingdom come on earth as it is in so which means Jesus is telling his disciples to ask the context of this prayer is asking it's about asking asking God to make you a supernatural being see because when heaven comes to earth what he's asking you what he's asking God to do because heaven is already here. When we say let heaven come to earth, it's not like a physical building that comes into the room. Heaven already is here. Because later on Jesus says, hey, my kingdom has come. Now it's for time for the will to be done. Do you understand? So what Jesus is trying to say is make us Supernatural beings. 
so that we are conscious and aware of heaven that is around us. He's saying, ask God to make you supercharged. He's saying, ask God to pull you out of the natural and to make you supernatural. So, what is the supernatural? Our God is a supernatural God, which means he has natural gifts, but it's heightened. It's super. It's supercharged. I don't know. Maybe... Maybe you were too spooked out by the supernatural before and I'm just making it so easy for you to understand. If Beyonce can sing and mesmerize a million people in a stadium, they walk away saying, awesome gift. But if Beyonce was in the kingdom of God and she would sing, she would minister God in a supernatural way, people would walk away having an encounter with Jesus. People will get healed. Demons would leave people's bodies. Do you understand? There's a difference. The difference is God has taken something natural and supercharged it. Supercharged. Someone's getting a supercharged car. Amen. I receive it, Lord. I receive it. <laughs> So Jesus is saying, when you pray and you're asking for the kingdom of God to come on earth, what you're asking for is God to make you like him. Amen. 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 Come on. I don't know, man. I don't know if you're ready for it. That's why we're still natural 2,500 years after Jesus died. We're still fleshy. People in our church are still dying. People in our church are still sick. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say it's about asking. Touch your other neighbor and say, are you asking? <laughs> hey, I, oh, I, didn't, I didn't say ask, ask and then like keep asking for more just ask what I'm asking it's obedience <laughs> verse 5 verse 5 verse 5 brilliant absolutely brilliant and, and he said to them now, now Jesus this is still a part of the prayer right you must understand that Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray and he goes into this story which means it's a part of the prayer and he said to, you, said to them which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him friend Lend me three loaves, for uh, a friend of mine has come to me on this journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut. And my children are asleep, man. Go away. Yeah. But he's like, he's like in the inside chamber, and he's like, Go, 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 go. <laughs> he goes, I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. 
So the context of this part is persistence. Keep asking. Keep asking. Keep asking. Keep asking. Keep asking. Keep asking. And a lot of Christians are in this place here. They keep asking. God, please. And then they keep fasting. And they keep praying. And they keep, 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 keep. It's persistence. Just wait. I'm setting you up for it. Verse 9. Still part of the prayer. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. He doesn't say be persistent. Oh. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be. Right. So now I want to present to you this. Or rather I want to submit this to you. Because people have preached this passage out of context. Jesus is telling, teaching us about the, nat- the supernatural nature of God. And the supernatural nature of people who are supernatural. Okay, who are supercharged, which means all your abilities are not not natural anymore. God is now giving you His abilities. So walk through walls, fly, do all. Why do you think we love? Why do you think we love Avengers and and DC Comics? And we're intrigued. They're the most highest paid movies because it's it's something that we we just love, the supernatural abilities. But we we want it, not really realizing that we already have it, right? Anyway, I just wanted to say that to get it out of my chest. So the context here now is Jesus is saying, ask the Father for the kingdom of God to come on earth as it is in heaven. Ask. And then he talks about a friend, natural. He's talking about someone who is normal. Beyonce. Go to Beyonce, knock on the door if you can. Get to the gate would be a miracle. But if you knock on her door and say, Beyonce, I have a friend who's come. Please give me some bread. (laughs) Right? So, Beyonce probably might not answer you. Her security might answer you. They won't give you a piece of bread. They'll probably give you a piece of their shoe. Right? So, so, so let's, say, let's say you have a friend and you're knocking on his door and, and now you're asking and he, he, he is like oh, oh, like, oh, dude, just go away, man. But you're persisting and persisting and persisting. And now the friend gets up and he says, take it and go. Please, take it, take three, don't come back. Just in case your friend is too hungry. Just. But he's trying to bring a stark contrast between a natural gift and a person who is supernatural and asks God. You can ask a man and you can keep begging him. And when he is fed up of your persistence, then he will give it to you. But when you're in a supernatural kingdom, you're, you don't ask too many times. He says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be. There's a difference. There's a difference when you are gifted. When you're gifted, when you have the abilities. Just think about this. When, when Jesus faced an issue, the issue was 5,000 people or maybe even more and he had a few loaves and a few fish. He had an issue, a problem. How does he feed so many people? He said, thank you. 
No, 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 no. He didn't even ask. He said, thank you. Something happens to a person. Something happens to heaven. When Jesus says, what you bind on earth. No, no, no. We are waiting for heaven to move. Heaven is waiting for us to move. We're praying, we're fasting. God, we bind out that demon and, and we're doing this and we're trying to cast out demon. Fasting and press so I can get filled with the power of God. I want to tell you, you don't need any of that. You just need to ask. You need to seek. You need to knock. Once. Once. God is not deaf. God doesn't love you in the sense that he wants you to wait. Do you understand? Yes. Please, listen to me very carefully. Some of you might come to me and say, Pastor, some prayers are not being answered. I've been waiting all my life. Problem is you're asking for you. You're not asking for his kingdom. The prayers that God answers very fast are the prayers of the kingdom. Let your kingdom come. So when you say, Lord, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, heaven superimposes itself on earth. Which means everything that heaven touches, it supercharges it. So the question is, are Christians submitted? Are Christ-believing believers, are you submitted to the true nature and the true abilities of God? Think about it. In your life, when you hit a crisis, <laughs> what's your reaction? In our church, if you call the pastor for prayer, Pastor on the phone will tell you, you pray, I'll agree with you. So people stop calling the pastor. <laughs> because we, listen to me, we like being natural. God doesn't support it. He loves you. But the supernatural nature of God is given to the ones who ask, seek, knock once. I fully know that he's heard my prayer. I found him. And the door's open. And I'll wait for as long as it takes. And never give up. Because I know he will open the door. It's done. See, Jesus, Jesus there's a reason why every promise, right, comes with a yes. Yes. God's waiting for you to say amen. amen. Not, not now, but you know, to the promise. You are so judged. But, but to the promises of God in your life. Verse 11. Are you guys tired? Can I continue? If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? 
Don't ask me what they mean. I have no clue. Okay. It's just I wouldn't even compare egg and a scorpion together. Like, I mean. And this is what I want to really. This is the beginning of my message. <laughs> I thought you guys were supernatural people. I thought you were outside of time. What's happening? You are, right? Verse 13. If you, then being evil, he's talking about the natural guys, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the? No, 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 no. I'm not saying it right. Let's read it again so you understand. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the? To those who? Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to submit the case before you. When we ask for gifts, he doesn't give us gifts. He gives us the gift. He gives us the gift called the Holy Spirit, which is the power of God, which is the Spirit of God. He is one third of the Trinity and he is God himself. In fact, when you ask God for gifts, he he look at Beyonce and you're like, God, I want to be like Beyonce. And he goes, no, you are way better than that. Let me give you the one who created Beyonce. We look at people and we're like, wow, God, make me like that preacher. And he goes, let me give you the guy who makes the preacher. (laughs) Now my message has begun. We've been asking wrong. We've been asking for fleshy stuff. We've been asking for physical stuff. We've been asking for natural stuff. See, all gifts are given by God. All gifts. But then there's one gift. Which makes you like him. It makes you like him. Transformation comes by the renewing of the mind. What is transformation? He's transforming you into the image and likeness. So in our church, we love the likeness of God. But we love the likeness of God, not in theory, through our lives. And God wants to make you like him. He had one Jesus, one Jesus. And now he's multiplied Jesus into billions and billions and billions of people. No, just, it's okay, it's okay. Listen, listen to me, listen to me. If you thought Christians are powerless, you have lost your mind. Christian, Bible-believing, God, Jesus-believing Christians are one of the most powerful beings in the universe. We are so powerful that we don't need to use violence. We can use peace to win war. We don't give demons attention. We don't give them attention because we are on a totally different level. We can walk into the room and demons will run away. If you only believe. It's amazing. 
It's amazing. It's amazing to believe that you are as limitless as God is. Only because he has given you the ability, the, his ability. He has given you his very spirit. Man, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I want you quickly now to jump to Romans chapter 8. Whoo! Come on. The gift is the Holy Spirit. Whew. Anybody gifted in this room? Yeah. Come on now. That's why I said the context of us having gifts are completely different. Yeah. We're, we're just supernatural. Yeah. Like the people don't even, like we are so gifted, our gifting keeps us so set apart that people like don't even know how to understand us. Yeah. They really can't, doctors can't even figure it out. Like what, what is this? How can you heal the... Ah, I, I don't believe it. Oh, but brother, if you don't believe it, that's your problem. But I believe it. <laughs> I believe this Jesus. I've seen him when I have no money in my account and I have no money in my wallet. I, when I ask him, he sends money. Not according to my need, but according to his riches. I've seen it. You can't tell me that he doesn't exist. Come on, man. Sorry, I get a little passionate. It's totally cool. I am absolutely convinced I am a believer. Yeah. <laughs> Are you in Romans chapter 8? I want to read one verse for you. You will get the context of what it means to be supercharged. Are you ready for it? Actually, let's, let's read from verse 9. But you, you, who? You. Who? You and me. <laughs> but you are not. Case closed. Do I need to say any more? But we'll say. <laughs> because you came here from so far away. <laughs> I have to say something more. <laughs> but you are not in the flesh. But in the. Where? You're in the supercharge. Actually, you're in the supercharger. <laughs> you're, 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 you're not connected. He's connected to you now. To the point where heaven doesn't look at you as a human being. Come on now. Come on. Right. If indeed the spirit of God where dwells in you. Now, if anyone who doesn't have the spirit of God, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is? <laughs> but the spirit is? Because of righteousness. Now, this is where I wanted to really tell you. But, verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in? He who raised Christ from the dead will also give to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in Right. So I'm not going to go where you think I'm going. Okay? Because I have preached this verse out of its whatever it has. But I feel like God is saying something different today. Okay? You must understand here what Paul is saying that if the spirit who raised Christ from the dead Let's look at that now. Christ was without the Holy Spirit. The Spirit was upon Christ. wasn't within him. Okay? It shifted when Christ died on the cross. 
So the Christ from being on top of people came and started dwelling in people, right? Now, but for Jesus, the same spirit, the power of God, the supercharger, supernatural nature of God, all the abilities in the spirit comes now and looks at Jesus' dead body. Jesus was dead, 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 dead. And he comes and gives him life, resurrects him. But Jesus is only resurrected. Spirit leaves Jesus to be with the Father. Please listen to me. This is scripture. And on Pentecost, the Spirit comes and into every person. But here he's not just resurrecting you. What is he? He's what? Dwelling. He's living. He's living. No, no, no. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. There's a, there's a difference between visiting and living. I can visit you, brother. I can heal you from, from, from you being sick. And I can walk away and you can get sick again. But there's a difference between resurrection and now living. When, I, when, when the spirit comes and lives now, he constantly gives you life. He's constantly giving you life. So the power, that's power that raised Jesus from the dead, it lives in you and gives life to you. It's different now. It's different because the very thing, the Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses, which means you could not even save yourself. So the altar call story how can a dead man give his life to Jesus when he has no life to give? So you must understand, even for a person to give, to surrender their life to Jesus, it is the spirit that reveals Jesus to you. And then you realize, oh, I need a savior. I need Jesus. Oh, I need Jesus. Come into my life, Jesus. That's what happens during salvation. But there's something different. It's something different when the spirit comes and lives. I realized one day that another person lives in me. Freaky. There's another person with another voice. With other, he has other feelings than my feelings. Actually, he's not even connected to my feelings. It's like, when I feel sad, God feels sad. No, it doesn't work like that. Even before I knew Kelsey, someone lived in me. The Bible says two become flesh and they become one. But before I was one with Kelsey, I was one with the Spirit. I was one with God. Kelsey was one with God. In fact, what brought us together is the oneness of God in her and the oneness of God in me. The oneness brought us together. You must understand how it works. It's the spirit living in you. It's God's special abilities. You don't have to pray, God, make me gifted. He's like, take everything that I have. Everything that I have, everything that I am, I give to you. But he's not like, okay, let it come and visit you and come back to me now. He's like, I trust you so much that leave my spirit with you. It's powerful. Very powerful. 
must understand what is happening here. You're not normal. Yes. <laughs> you are not normal. Stop acting normal. Stop acting like sin is like an issue in your life. It doesn't exist for us. Okay. Since I'm freaking out, let me do it a little bit more. Okay. Now, how many of you want to be holy? <laughs> it's very intelligent. <laughs> I see. How many of you, put your hand up if you want to be holy. <laughs> now you, you. <laughs> pass, pass. This is a fail. You don't answer the question, it's a fail. <laughs> huh? Why? Christ or his spirit? Huh. What, what spirit? So what makes you holy? Are you sure? So which means you can actually go to a movie and the movie becomes holy. You can actually listen to a secular song and the secular song becomes... Why? It's because heaven has superimposed itself. Heaven, when you said, heaven, come. <laughs> heaven came and decided to live in you now. You don't try to be holy. You don't become holy by making good choices, man. It's like, no, 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 no. smoking cigarettes is a sin. I cannot touch it because of... No, no, no. Go stand next to the cigarette and say, you have no power over me. You understand? Go to a club. I would encourage you. Go to a club. Stand in the middle of the dance floor and worship Jesus. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, I no, no, no. What are you, heresy? <laughs> what is this pastor preaching? Pastor's preaching, we're different people. This is not normal religious stuff. When you hang out with celebrities, they become holy because you are there with them. Do you understand? When you come to church, don't pretend to be holy. Just be holy. He says, be holy for I am holy. He's not saying try to be holy, brother. Try to be holy, Annie and Nigel. Please, I know your pants are holy today. I'm telling you. <laughs> Actually, come here, come here. I want to show you. I want to come down. Come on. This is a breakthrough moment. Look at that. Look at that, man. Come on. <laughs> right. So, so, anybody want to be holy? <laughs> you know, you, huh? you want to be holy? What are you? <laughs> you are holy because of his Holy Spirit living in you. You know, if you fully understand that Holy Spirit lives in you, you will never even want to consider sin. You'll never want to even go close to anything that is of this flesh. Do you understand? <laughs> it's the, he is the power of God. 
Just imagine this Jesus that we celebrate on Easter. Remember Easter? <laughs> We're like, wow, Jesus is risen from the dead once a year. <laughs> and we create all of us dressed in suits and, you know, we do all of that stuff. Not only realizing that the guy who raised Jesus from the dead is living with you every second of the day. It's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So this series is really all about him. All about him. You will never need to ask another man for a favor. Never need to ask another man to pray for you. You never need to ask anybody to do anything for you that God can't do himself. He wants to be involved. I'm, I'm sad at times when I realize the potential that people have. They are so gifted with the Holy Spirit. So full of the Holy Spirit. But they never do anything. They live, they die. And the potential of transformation around the world is lost. God has to look for someone else. But he never takes the Holy Spirit away. It's a different scene when you stand before him afterwards. But just imagine while you're here, the power that you have within you. I'm not talking about just Christians now. I'm talking about the people who believe. The people who believe are in the kingdom. They're not just in the church. That's a good word. You don't have to be in a church to be called a Christian. You have to believe Christ in order to be called a Christian. You know, a lot of times I've prayed for people to get healed. They get healed in that instant. They come back next week saying, Pastor, it came back. Now you've just had a resurrection experience. Do you know how you can keep your healing? Do you know how you can keep your breakthrough? Do you know how you can stop running to people for, for things? It's by having one touch of the Holy Spirit. Just one touch. Just one encounter with the Holy Spirit. He's not coming from the outside. It's from within you. Jesus says, from within you will flow rivers of living water. You know, when a, when a person is sick, can I get a little science on you? When a person gets sick physically, the energy level in their cells are depleting. So before you die, when you die, it means that there's no more power left in your cells. So now you take that person and you take a person who is supercharged with the power of God. So is it possible for a supernatural being who has the very power to give life to continue to be sick. Just think about it. So why do Christians keep getting 
It's in the? <laughs> How can you go through depression? How can you go through anxiety? How can you go through um, procrastination? If the most exciting being in all of the, all of, I don't even say he's in creation, but the most exciting part of the Trinity lives in you. How can you say TV and movies entertain me? See, the very thing, the very thing that we've come into this room is, is the very thing that can become your jail. We think that to a natural person, we think these four walls is what gives us the ability to have church. But actually, these four walls are limiting us from being the church. You may not get that statement right now, but when you get to SoundCloud, you'll get it. You must, you must understand that God is looking to get out. And your physical body, if you don't understand that his spirit lives in you and he's looking to get out of you, he can become a prisoner in you. But he's not, he's not a prisoner. He's so gentle. He won't, you won't even know that he's there. Have you tried having a child that tells you that he's, that he's so quiet that you don't even know he's in the house? <laughs> I think that's an impartation that I just released. <laughs> we have two dogs. One constantly tells me he is there. The other dog, I have to look for him. But you see, the Holy Spirit, even though he is the most powerful being in the universe, doesn't show off his power and doesn't force his power on you. But he looks for you to invite him. He looks for you to welcome him. So how would you do that? You'd welcome a person if, if Nigel is sick in his body. And you are supercharged. You f believe that you are supercharged with the power of heaven. You can just lay hands. Touch, Nigel. Touch. Just kidding. Just lay hands on Nigel. And then release. Tell the Holy Spirit, this is my act of releasing you. Do you understand? And then from there, he just... And if he's sick, if the energy level is low in his cells, what happens to him? Nigel gets supercharged. Nigel walks away completely healed. Today, a lot of people are going to get healed. So, let's go quickly to Acts chapter 1. <laughs> Verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the, the gift of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the 
Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will, it, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, like, just look at how natural they are. The question, talking about the very power, the very power of God. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or for the seasons, old seasons, which the Father has put in place in his own authority, but you shall receive when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Now go to Acts 2. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. This is why church, everybody comes together. One accord, not Honda Accord. One accord, which means we're united with one mind. Okay. Let me explain. Are you okay? Revelation? It's fine. Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in there. Okay, you must understand the supernatural ability of God. He's not saying, call someone and tell them, hey, let's gather together for church. And then Jesus says, since you called, I'll come. If you're coming to this gathering, what keeps us in one accord is that every person in this place has Jesus on mind. So if you decide to come to church for Jesus... Just because you turned up with him on mind, on your mind, he shows up. Just think about it. I want you to think about it. Where two or three are gathered together in my name. When you're hanging out with your friends at a coffee shop or you're gone somewhere where you should not be going and hanging out with your friends, what are you going what are you there for? You can go there in the name of fun, enjoyment. This is my life. You can do, have all those reasons. God won't show up. But when you and I, just, there's no other agenda. Just in the name of Jesus on your mind, he shows up. That's the supernatural ability of God that's in you. It's in you. It's in. It's in you. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were, were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. So there was no wind. It was a sound of wind. That's the supernatural ability. You know, when we watch movies, we're like, we watch the Pentecost scene and it's like, like all air blowing through the place and the whole like city is like all dust all over the That's not God, man. He shows up, you don't even know. <laughs> and we are looking, we come to church, oh, the tangible presence of Jesus. 
this guy doesn't believe anything i don't believe any of this stuff i see for you you're looking for the natural but for a supernatural being i don't need to see the sound i can hear it i don't need to see the effects Are you getting it? Yeah, yeah. Remember the car? Okay. Just asking. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house. The sound filled the whole house. where they were sitting and there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them something shifted the disciples from running away now gathered together and the spirit fills them and the first thing that the spirit does to them was the last thing that Jesus did Please listen to me very carefully. The first thing that the spirit did was the last thing that Jesus did. He spoke to them. And the first thing the spirit did is he picks up where Jesus left off. He picks up where Jesus left off, left off and he starts speaking through them. Gives them utterance. You have no control over your mouth, brother. You have no control over your physical body when the holy spirit takes over you when you are filled with the holy spirit he uses every part of your body in fact he even uses your shadow to heal the sick you have no control over it there are lots of people christians who are speaking in tongues but are not filled with the holy spirit i was one of them when i was 5 years old i was like my mother told me she said come sit down I was like I sat and she said speak in tongues I was like what how and she said sing shaba shaba raba yaba it's coming it's coming it's coming it's coming it's coming and shaba oh yeah that there you got it yeah now speak in tongues and so I spoke in tongues and I thought I was speaking in tongues but I was in control of the tongues I'm on now I'm on When you are filled with the spirit you have no control. No control. He comes and does whatever he wants. All of it is holy. We look at people shaking under the power of God. We're like, "No, no, no. God God doesn't do that, man. Why does God need to shake me in order to prove a point?" Now probably God is shaking something off of you that you existed for so long. Never know. <laughs> But you we just never know what God is doing with a person. I remember I was uh, in I remember the time when I did have an experience with the Holy Spirit. I actually went to a youth camp in Lonabla. And it was Pastor Johnson Burgess who was leading this having this meeting, youth meeting, and I went there for other reasons. Don't ask me what, but I wasn't fully saved even though I was saved at that time. So I'm standing in the crowd and he and he sings a song, blessed assurance. 
Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And he goes, this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. I realized in that moment, something shifted. There were like 150 kids in that room. I felt like I was the only one there. And he said, there's someone in the room. You've been running away from God. Actually, I did not know God to run away from him, to be very honest. But I felt like I was running away from God. And he kept singing the song. And he says, who is that in this room? And he said, you've been called to ministry. You've been called for the kingdom of God. But it's just, you've, you've just been doing your own thing. And in that moment, I don't know how my hand went up. <laughs> I was like, mm, put it down. Put it down. I was like, no, this is not, this is not me. I am the man. I don't put my hand up. This is weakness. But my hand went up. I kept looking at my hand. I was like, come down, man. And then he did the thing that I never wanted him to do. He got off the stage and he walked through the crowd. And I was like, trying to walk away from him and he goes you I saw your hand you know how they do it in church right I saw your hand I saw your hand I saw your hand <laughs> but this guy came after me <laughs> saw your hand put my hand up he said the devil is after you but so is God <laughs> it's like who do you want to give your life to <laughs> I put both my hands up. Take me. <laughs> Forget about the method. In that moment, in that moment, he said, God's got a call on your life. So, you know, in, when you think fleshy, I think, what is this call? But I've been in church long enough to know what a call is. And I knew my time was up. All the drama that I did in my life, I knew my time was up. And in that moment, he came through the crowd and he put his hand on me and I cannot explain in words what happened to me. It felt like a thousand volt electricity just hit me. It elect I got electrocuted. And I passed out. That's the worst thing to happen. I was like, you must understand, I like being in control. I like to be prim and proper and poised and you know I, do. <laughs> I like to be presentable and this time no presenting I was just gone I was on the floor but I didn't shake didn't rattle didn't roll I just fell dead like I was dead and I, all I can hear all the, like he's, he's, there's about 100 150 kids in the room nobody's having this encounter just me and I knew in that moment. It was the moment John Pestovich died. It was that moment. 
had to die. Suddenly, man, it wasn't like for 10 minutes. <laughs> it was for, it was nearly for three hours. I was out. And I, I was, somehow my eyes were like, I could see stuff happening all around me and things were people angels and demons having fights and all that kind of stuff and and he's mine he's mine he's mine i could hear that stuff happening around me and and but at the same time i heard a sound this is my story this is my song all the kids had left but this guy came back and he kept singing that song praising my savior It was four hours later, I sat up. I had no idea what had happened to me. I could not even remember the reason why I came to that place. I did not even remember how I came to that place. I did not even know what was happening in the room. Everybody was gone. I felt like, what what kind of Christians are these? But in that moment, this man came back for me. He had his dinner and he came back while everybody was still sleeping. And he spoke to me and he said, the Holy Spirit has failed you. I stood up and started prophesying. Every person I met in that moment, I just did not know what to do, but I started prophesying. It's like as if things started happening. I started seeing things. It's like weird stuff. I would interact with, with angels. People started calling me weird. My family called me weird for some time until they understood what was happening. But it was absolutely the power of God and the Holy Spirit that took residence in me. It was from that moment on that John Bestwich died and the Holy Spirit came alive. See, you must understand that we've been coming to church The Holy Spirit has been dwelling on us. But not many of us have the Holy Spirit in us. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that is vital. Vital. Because that very experience is what brings us into a place of being a supernatural being. You must understand that I don't ask people for money. I don't. For my needs, I don't ask people for money. I don't even tell people my needs. I talk to angels. Tell them I need this much money, go bring it for me. So they go and bring it. You must understand how supernatural beings conduct themselves. When people are sick in their bodies, I don't do a dance around them. In fact, I don't even want you to tell me the details of your sickness. Before you finish your first sentence, I'll release healing on your body. And you will get healed. Do you understand? When people come to me and they're like, Pastor, please pray for my marriage, I declare your marriage is restored. I don't even have to waste time trying to listen to you to get impressed with your problem to play long prayers. Some people do that, but I don't. Because I understand what my power is. I understand. One word, one touch. 
And that's the end of it. Finish. Problem solved. The reason why we, we waste our time is because we get so impressed by people's problems. We get so, we fill our minds with what's happening in the world that it drives us to do good things. What if I told you, you could sit in your house and change the world? What if I told you that age is never a limit? Age is not a sign of maturity. Believing is a sign of maturity. Faith is a sign of maturity. You look at a child, a child, you tell a child to jump off a stage and they will jump off a stage. They have more faith than people. Adults. We tell adults, lay hands on the sick and pray for them. Uh, How do I pray? What do I say? We get so caught up with all of the how to do the right thing, how to do the this and how to do that and how to do ministry. That we just get, we just, it's so easy. Ask, seek, knock. It's not about keep asking, not keep praying, keep seeking. When people go through the fire tunnel, <laughs> people expect, lay hand longer, longer impartation. I just need to touch you once. That's it. You've received everything you need to receive. You know, as a young man, I remember listening to Catherine Coleman talk about the day she died. Not the day she physically died, but the day Catherine Coleman died and the Holy Spirit gave her life. You must understand that this woman will walk through a kitchen and people would fall under the power of God. Repenting, crying out for their sins. Last time when you walked through your office, what happened? Huh? Your boss was shouting at you. Please, you you understand what I'm saying. See, there is more of us and less of him right now. What if we switch it? And the only prayer we pray, we ask him, Holy Spirit, more of you, less of me. more of you less of me I've been praying this prayer all week I've been praying this prayer and saying God more of you less of me I've depended on my natural state for too long my natural gifts have taken me so far but now I need more of the supernatural you must understand, Catherine Kuhlman, people would wait three, four hours in the snow for her and then get into the auditorium where they would, they, then the worship would start and, and then she would walk, when she would walk into the room, it felt like God walked into the room. I've been in, I've seen, I've been in meetings with Paul Yongicho. When Paul Yongicho walked on stage, literally the stage would start vibrating with the power of God. I've been on a stage with, with Renard Bonke when Renard Bonke walked on stage and it would feel the same. It felt like I was going to die. You must understand the power of God on a person. She would walk into a stadium 
and people would she just walks into a stadium and people would start crying because God became so real she doesn't even have to say anything ladies and gentlemen i'm inviting you into the gifted life i'm inviting you into a life where nothing is impossible i'm inviting you today into a life where all things are possible but it's possible if you believe a stand it's possible if you believe